Yeah, 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 yeah. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. Shout out to all the Noah Gunderson fans that might be joining us for the first time. This is a weekly music podcast that you can find every Friday on iTunes featuring in-studio performances and uncensored conversations from artists and bands from Portland, Oregon, as well as touring artists. And just a few quick show notes before we get into this very special episode. If you want to help the show in a free way and help support and help it grow, you can go ahead and hit subscribe on the iTunes and you can give the podcast five stars, rate and review there. Give it five stars, say a few nice words, and that will help it climb in those iTunes charts and uh, make it more uh, nationally visible and uh, help people find it that wouldn't normally find it and help some some people stumble upon it. So you can help that way. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel that features a bunch of in-studio performances, over 100 videos on there. So check that out. Give that a subscribe. Maybe share your favorite video on there. There's all kinds of different kinds of music. So something for everybody there. And as always, you can hit up the DanCablePresents.com. You can send me an email there. You can get yourself a baseball tee with my big dumb face on it. You can hit the donate button on the homepage. And you can donate a few shekels if you'd like. If you want to support a studio session. Those are, uh, those are all acceptable things. We encourage that. But, um, yeah, I don't want to waste tons of time up top here. Um, this, is, this was a, a very special conversation that I got to have with Noah Gunderson. And I, I just want to say that I'm incredibly grateful for um, all the people that have supported this podcast thus far, especially uh, friends and fam. Um, your, your feedback and encouragement has been, uh, very cool and I feel, I just feel the vibes, man. I just feel the good vibes coming from you all. And I feel, um, I just feel you, you rooting for me and I don't, I don't feel like I've ever, uh, had a part in something that I've, um, has given me this much positive feedback and giving me this 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 good feeling and it's it's truly giving me this this purpose and and it's become this weekly part of my life and it's been it's just been an absolute blast and this conversation in particular was one of those very rewarding moments for me for for all of the uh the hard work that's put been put in over this last year and a half or so and, and building a catalog of episodes and, and trying to get better as somebody facilitating these conversations. And it was so great last week to have Circle Waves on and just a huge band from the UK. And then this week to be on the phone, first phone interview 
for this show and um to to have had the opportunity to to chat on the phone for about a half an hour with noah was was very cool and um he was he was as kind and and as cool as he seems to come across in his tunes and his songwriting has been something that has definitely moved me and and has definitely been important to me I, i think there's you know there's very few people in the world that that can make you feel like somebody like like noah can with his his tunes so this this was just like amazing to to get to chat with him and i i did my best with the time that i had to um hopefully serve the long time noah gunderson fans with uh you know just getting getting to know noah a little bit and getting some of his backstory but i also wanted to serve um the promotion and and of his new record which is called white noise and it's this amazing record that we talk about mostly in the second half of the conversation and i would definitely check this out you know give it give it the opportunity to listen to it front to back the i picked up a vinyl it's very cool it has all these vignettes on the back of the record um so that came out a couple weeks ago and um noah is currently on tour right now if you're listening to this on release day I believe he is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, he is. He's at the back room in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And he makes his way through the Midwest. He's on tour all through um, October and and throughout November, all over the place, all over the nation and parts of Canada. Um, specifically on the West Coast, he gets into, uh, on November 8th, he gets into LA at the El Rey Theater there. And November 9th, he's in San Francisco. November 10th, he is at the Hi-Fi Music Hall in Eugene, Oregon. And November 11th, he's in Portland, Oregon at the Wonder Ballroom. I will definitely be there. And he wraps up the tour um, November 17th and 18th, back-to-back nights at the Neptune Theater up there in Seattle, Washington. So, yeah, you can go to noahgundersonmusic.com and and find all the info there. And... um, yeah, I will put the the links in the show notes, and you can you can check out all that. But yeah, man, this is just just unreal that that all of a sudden I'm on the on the phone with Noah, and uh, this is very cool. I'm, I'm stoked to uh, to see what comes next. But I, I de- this was definitely a very special one for me, and uh, like I said, I just appreciate all the supporters out there and and all the encouragement to to kind of keep trucking ahead with this thing and and to put out episodes every friday and also want to thank noah's just team his management team for for helping me put this together they were they were very cool about helping me make this happen and yeah like i said this is this was the first one recorded on the phone and i think we we did all right with with getting you some uh some good quality so you can hear the conversation clearly you know we did our best to uh make that happen at a certain point in the call i lost noah his phone dropped the call and i just maybe assumed that my time was up because i was told i was going to be 
given a certain amount of time and I know I had surpassed it and, and I was just kind of rolling with it and seeing, seeing if Noah would keep talking and, and he sure did. And, um, but yeah, we lost the conversation and I was kind of freaking out for a second. I was like, we're so close to the end. I didn't, I didn't get a proper wrap up, but he jumps back on the line momentarily. So, so you hear that and he gets back on the line and, and we're able to, uh, to properly wrap it up. So I hope, uh, I hope you all enjoy this one, and uh, I sure did, and and I hope that that Noah also enjoyed the conversation, and um, like I said, he was just incredibly kind and 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 just very cool, and really put me at ease during the conversation like very quickly because I think I had to remind myself early on like this is just you know just a normal another normal human being out there yeah you might have written a bunch of songs that have have impacted my life but he's definitely uh you know he's just a dude and uh i felt like i was able to settle in pretty quickly and and have a really cool conversation with him so this is it everybody this is episode 80 noah gunderson's on the show we're gonna kick it off with a tune off of his new record the record, like I said, it's called White Noise. Please check it out. Whether you pick up a vinyl copy or you uh, download a digital version of it, just check it out. Show it some love. He's here November 11th, Portland, Oregon. Check out his website for other dates. And we are kicking it off with the tune that we talk about in the episode. This is called The Sound.
Noah Gunderson. What's up? How's it going, man? Good. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you great. Can you hear me all right? You sound fan-freaking-tastic. Awesome, dude. I'm so stoked to uh, have the opportunity to talk with you today. And uh, Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Super pumped on your new record, White Noise, that just came out. And I know you're about to head out on tour in support of that. And um, yeah, dude, can you believe that it's been nearly a decade since you put out Brand New World? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, that is kind of crazy to think about. I, I've been trying to like... I try to stay present, you know, like that's like a, a valuable thing for me. So I, so it's when I do take a step back and like take in the scope of how long, you know, I've been doing this and also coupled with the feeling that, that I'm just getting started. Um, it is kind of a wild trip to think about how, how long ago that was and how much has changed and happened since then. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think about a line from a song off off that record called First Song, and you have that line that's, uh, time passes me by like a fast car, but I'm getting older and it mm-hmm. feels all right. Seems seems mm-hmm. very fitting for this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny, man. That's I haven't thought about that record in a while. A, uh, can you, a can you s- sort of take me back before that record? Like, How early did you pick up an instrument and start writing tunes of your own, man? Well, I took piano lessons as a kid. Um, all me and all my siblings. That was like the one of the requirements is that we all had to take at least like a couple years of piano lessons. And so I started taking piano when I was like nine or ten or something, and then hated it. Hated having to like do homework or like practice or any of that shit. I like the only time I really enjoyed it was when I could just dick off and like make up my own songs. And, and so then I started teaching myself how to play guitar um, and like simultaneously writing songs as I was learning how to play guitar. Um, and, you know, I think there was like a moment when I wrote my first song, that like I, I felt like I was able to say something that, um, I didn't have the vocabulary outside of music to say, uh, and that was a really empowering thing. I like to to find your. I don't. I don't think that happens for a lot of people to be able to to, to find the thing that makes them feel like themselves. Um, so I feel pretty fortunate to have discovered that at a young age. Um, but all the all the songs I wrote were total bullshit. But um, <laughs> I, like, I just I spent a lot of time in my room alone um writing songs every day and uh and then i you know i like found out that girls liked my songs and that was a that was a huge impetus for writing more of them and trying to get better at writing them um and then i had a friend who well i, I my dad had a had a tape recorder in the garage and uh, an old Tascam studio eight and he taught me how to use that. So I, I started just recording my own songs when I was about like 13 years old as I was writing them. Uh, and then I had another buddy who was like learning how to record on this like like all built-in hardware digital recorder thing. Uh, it was like at the early stages of like home digital recording. And he did a record for me and um, Ben booked me a show at a coffee shop in town. And that was kind of, the beginning i just remember being so 
pumped um, to be able to, to me, like just that coffee shop show and having like 20 people show up was like the, the biggest moment of my life. And that's still like, I mean, that still was probably one of my favorite shows uh, just because it was the first one. And it, it was like, it meant something. And, um, and honestly, like playing with the band now with the, with this new record is, is a similar feeling where it feels like we're starting over in the best possible way. I'm excited to play the music. Um, the, like we've never sounded this good. So I, I can't wait. We start tour on, uh, Thursday. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, you, yeah. you just seem to have a way with your words that, that comes across as something pretty special to me from, from a storytelling aspect. And it, it just often seems that, that you lay down this, fa- this, this foundation and this narrative for the story. And then there's these second movements of the songs where you really let loose your feelings. And it's just really amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, has it always been easy for you to be vulnerable uh, with your words through song? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, uh, I've just never really thought about it that much. It's just kind of, like I said earlier, it was, it was a way for me to express a thing that I didn't feel like I had the vocabulary in real life to express. Um, you know, there's an emotional language to music that transcends our, um, like societal constrictions around, you know, discourse or express self-expression. And, um, I think I've just felt very limited by my own words outside of music. And so the, the vulnerability was a, a kind of catharsis, um, but also an escape. Like I was, I was, I've always been kind of an escapist. Like, uh, like as a kid, I read a lot. And that, the reason for that was to just kind of disappear into these worlds. And music was also that. Um, but I, it was never like, um, there, there have been like a couple moments where it was a conscious decision to like try to make something really vulnerable. But most of the time it's just been, me making music and um you know whatever comes out is what is what comes out yeah just a way for you to to really understand what's going on in your head and and flesh out some feelings yeah and then sometimes it's like i don't i i'm like where the hell did this come from like sometimes stuff will happen and i'll write it and then you know later on in the process be like oh that's what that's what that song is about. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, man. I, I think about a song like, like Jesus, Jesus off of Saints and Liars and that the honesty in that song and the statements that you made in, in that tune. And, and just to know that you were only like 20 or 21 when you put out Saints and Liars, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I wrote that song when I was 19, I think, which is weird. Cause I, I, I mean, I, it's cool. People resonate with that song, but I like, I have no, I have no personal connection to that tune anymore. I think I was just in such a different place. That was one where though I did feel like I sat down and like, I want to say something that's really honest about where I'm at. And uh, so, so like speaking of times where like I was intentionally vulnerable, I guess that would be one of them. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, weird. it's weird. Like that's a weird thing about having, I started doing this pretty young. I'm still pretty young. Um, but I've been doing it for, like you said, like almost a decade and, um, you know, 
with the internet and everything, like, like my, like I learned how to write songs by writing and recording and releasing songs. So my growing pains and the process of me figuring it out is all on the internet forever. Um, <laughs> which is like, it's like if you were an architect and like, you, but like you like first day of architecture school, they're like, okay, instead of like teaching you how to do this, we're going to like, you're going to start building stuff. And then that stuff that you're going to build is going to be there forever. But five years down the road, you're going to look back and be like, that's a worthless pile of shit, but it's still there for <laughs> forever. Um, and that's sometimes how I feel about, um, you know, my older work. Um, but it's, yeah, it's weird. Like looking back and feeling like I don't, I don't, I don't recognize myself in that music, but I also recognize that that's where I was at in the journey. And I wouldn't be where I am today without those steps. Yeah, absolutely. Ne- kind of necessary touchstones to get to where you are now. Um, yeah. Yeah. How important has it been to you to be able to have your family kind of take part in the journey with you? Cause I know that, that your siblings, uh, often play with you in the, in the live sense or on records? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, my sister Abby plays. So Abby's been playing with me since the beginning. That first show, she was there playing. Um, like, I remember, like, writing songs at my parents' house as a kid and my dad coming in and being like, you should have, you should have Abby play with you she's learning how to play violin and i was like okay <laughs> that's like a fine idea um, uh and then like you know 10 years later we we're still like playing together and we've been touring together she met her husband at one of our shows he came up to her and gave him gave her his number and, and they got married last year and it's been a it's been really cool like to have her be a, a part of this journey like she's definitely been a rock and um, and, and it's easy to take for granted, but sometimes I take a step back and think like how awesome it is that I get to spend all this time with my family. Cause we're, you know, when we tour a lot, I don't see the rest of my family very often. Um, but I get to have Abby with me and then Johnny, my brother's been playing drums for the last couple of years. Yeah, man. That's, that's a blast. So I feel, I feel really fortunate to be able to hang out with them and get that quality time. Yeah. Is that, is that something that maybe helps you? even stay grounded through the experience as well, having them around? Probably. I mean, I don't know any other, I don't have any other reference point just because it's always been that way, but I imagine it would be, it would, it would look different if I wasn't with them. And, um, I think that, I mean, they're, them being with me is a positive thing. For sure. Um, finding home seems to kind of be a common theme that comes out through your tunes. And, and throughout, I don't know, it seems throughout the catalog, you, you talk a lot about that, that concept or that place of home has, has touring all around for the last 10 years, put any of that into perspective for you or, or given you a, an idea of, of what home is to you? Um, well, I think that's kind of a universal thing for people in their early 20s you move out of your folks house and uh, or, you know, or you move out earlier or whatever. But I think as soon as you leave that initial home and that idea of what home is, you, you know, 
you have to you have to re- start over and like essentially do what your parents did and make a new place that's home um and like realizing that that's not just a um a house like it it's a it's where your people are and having a community and and i i do really feel like i've found that um now that i'm 28 um i think also home is a sense of like um being okay with yourself and being comfortable in your own skin um but uh yeah i don't know if that answers your question no no that's that's super well said definitely gives some insight into that um yeah, one of the jams that that really grabbed me off your last record, "Carry the Ghost," is is a song called "Selfish Art," and I was just mm-hmm. I was just wondering is is creating music or or putting music out something that you're sometimes conf- conflicted with when you're being so honest through your songs? Sometimes I feel like I think I've had moments where I've felt. Um, you know, that like questioning whether what, if what I do has any value compared to people that are doing serious, you know, intentional work in the world to make it a better place. And, um, and it's also weird. Like I get paid to talk about my feelings. Well, especially with those, the previous couple of records have been pretty confessional and, um, I think I tried to get away from that a little bit on this new record. I I started to feel like a broken record and didn't want to, I wasn't really interested in doing that in at least for this newest record. But, um, I mean, that's just a strange thing about art is, you know, I don't feel like I can totally take credit for it. It's just a thing that is built into me and that I am able to be a conduit for something. Um, and then people, like it and want to hear it and buy it or come see a show, which is awesome. But it's very self-involved. I mean, I, I think you have to recognize that as an artist that, you know, by definition, it's kind of a narcissistic act to make art, to, to, to like value your own thoughts and opinions and ideas enough that you feel like other people should also care about them. <laughs> right. Right. I well, mean, I mean, but, I de- uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, d- I definitely think that what you're doing is valuable and, and a lot of people must find the value in it. Like I know personally your songwriting has definitely moved me and, and definitely helped me through some, some interesting times. And, and I got to imagine with the, the, the fan base that you've built over the last 10 years, that's, you know, a, a lot of those people are showing up for that reason, you know, that they find comfort in your music and they help, your songs can sometimes, you know, help somebody realize something within themselves. I mean, that your truth can't be their truth, but you know, it can maybe help them realize some things. Yeah. And that's, I think that that is one of the purposes of art is to give voice to the voiceless. Um, and I think I'm, I've, you know, that the place I was at when I wrote selfish art, I think I've realized that, you know, that art has a value and, um, but, yeah, I mean, I was just kind of, yeah, that, I do have those moments where it's like, this is kind of, it's just an odd, it's an odd job. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you play with the band Moto Pony for a little while, man? 
I did. Yeah, I played with Moto Pony for about six months. Oh, right on. Cool. Yeah, I, j- I had them on the on the show recently, and and have been able to hang out with those guys recently. And they, when your record, when your new record came out, um, they had posted a photo, like an old photo with you in the in the band, and I was just kind of tripping out on mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They 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 were going through some member changes, and I and I filled in on guitar for a bit. Cool, man. I'm going to take a little musical break here. This is uh, a song called Number One Hit of the Summer off of uh, the new Noah Gunderson record called White Noise.
So, so one of the lines off this record that's off this new record that's kind of stuck with me and I look forward to hearing every time is off that last song we played and it's everybody's watching you drown and and just the the conviction that you you uh, sing that line with um, cool. yeah is anything in particular kind of kind of spark that tune for you um, yeah, that one went through a lot of different revisions. Um, the, um, I mean, I, I, I try to tread the line of, I, I don't ever really like to literally explain what songs are about. I think it's better to leave that up to people to make their own interpretations. But, um, I think it's clear that there's something about, uh, an observation on on a certain culture that we have been experiencing, at least in the West, um, for a while now, that, um, uh, you know, it, it, there's a there's a lot of <laughs> there's some there's some chaos happening in the world. There's some um, this there you know there's this feeling of impending doom. And, uh, so that, that, that's kind of, that was part of the impetus for that song. And also just, um, quite, you know, is this what we wanted? Is this like, is this what we all worked for? Is this what people fought wars for? Is this like, is this where the American dream was supposed to end up? Right. Um, yeah, man, just in general, this, this new record is, is so huge and it's it's awesome to hear you explore so many different dynamics and it, and it has so many great feels you know and i i feel like it just explores so many new things from you know a, a previous noah gunderson records you know like you got the yeah like the sound was was the first single i heard and i think that was released um a couple months before the record came out and that song just packs such a huge punch and I don't know. I was so psyched for two, like the two months leading up to your record being released. I was just like, there's no way that this, this record is not going to be awesome, man. And, and then oh, I got man, to, that's cool. yeah. And then I, I got to hear the rest of it and it was just so cool to see all these, these different moves being made. Um, and I know you, you said previously that you kind of, wanted to get away from some of the stuff you had been doing prior to this. So, I mean, was, was this kind of also just about not painting yourself into a corner of just always being the, the dude singing sad songs with his guitar? Uh, yeah. I mean, so I, I played this show at the beginning of last year where I sat down on stage and just kind of had a real just a sinking feeling. Um, or like I was just not interested in what I was doing and felt like I'd kind of hit a, hit a plateau or a rut. Um, 
And I had this conversation um, with Josh Ritter after the show. Um, and he, I, he was like, Hey, good set. And I was like, thanks. I feel like pretty bummed out. <laughs> and he, he was like, let's talk. Um, which was super sweet. And, um, so we went down in the, like the, down in the green room and had a chat about, you know, hitting a point of dissatisfaction with your work. And, and it's, it's really scary because when your identity is so wrapped up in your work, and you don't love your work anymore, then you don't love yourself. Um, and he, he mentioned this quote from Martha Graham, who was this famous choreographer, uh, modern dance choreographer, and she said that no artist is ever pleased. There's only a queer divine dissatisfaction um, that, I think I'm paraphrasing, but like that keeps us you know, marching forward and growing and evolving. And So I took that and said, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use this dissatisfaction. I'm going to make, I want to make something that's different and that I can really get behind and I'm not going to settle. And, uh, you know, and I can be kind of an impatient person. Uh, and I think that's come across and especially in carry the ghost. I don't feel like, I don't feel like I really gave myself the time or had, or had the patience to really like be that record into what it could have been. Um, and, so with especially so with this, I I um, brought in my friend uh, Nate Yasino, and we we share this space up in Ballard. Um, it's this big loft space, and we recorded most of the record there. And he, um, uh, we've had a conversation, like one of the first conversations. We were like, let's make the best record that either of us has ever made. And I can't speak for him, but I feel like I feel like I accomplished that. Um, at least from my own sense of like satisfaction with my work, I guess is the thing I'm most proud of. Um, but you know, like I may look back on it in a year and be dissatisfied again. And that's, what's going to keep me moving forward to making something different and evolving and growing. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think this is the most complete record that you've ever put out and yeah. Um I think man last night I was kind of doing the the deep dive on I picked up one of the vinyls last night and I was when I got to wake me up I'm drowning and I, and I'd heard the record like a handful of times through before that but I don't know there was something about that listen through where I kind of realized that like this is such a great complete collection of songs like there's a lot of tunes on the record that stand alone as great songs but if you give this thing the time of day and listen front to back, it's it's a really beautiful trip. Thanks. Yeah, and hopefully, yeah, people should trip. I highly encourage being on drugs when you listen to this record. Dude, wake me up! I'm drowning. Is like a super intense. <laughs> well, maybe not. A wake me up. That'll that'll freak you out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like a that song in itself is like a an intense psychedelic trip, and then you come out on the other yeah. side to these these uh, two tunes that play the record out, which is kind of this feels like a rebirth after uh, experiencing something something wild. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, that was like that was the that was the intention, man. Like I've never done that before, but like set out to write a song that freaked people out, like to record a song that was like, and I remember showing it to my friend Dave Ramirez. We were showing him like a rough mix. And he's like, that's, that's the freakiest fucking song I've ever heard. <laughs> he's like, people are going to like listen to that once and then never want to listen to it. Again. <laughs> um, 
yeah i i'm glad you like it that's i'm that's one i'm pretty proud of um there's a lot a lot of weird shit that went into that we got to have um that one's special too because greg keplinger played drums on that song um and uh, i don't know like i don't know if you know who kep is but he um he makes these really really wonderful drums and has made incredible drum sets for like everyone every big drummer um but he uh he also plays and he's just this like super wonderful kind of crazy old man and uh it was such an honor to get him on the record of that's killer man. um yeah and, and i also feel like the album has you know has some odes to you know kind of the classic sound that you've uh, cultivated over the last 10 years as well. Like with songs like fear and loathing and bad desire, I feel like those are, you know, still will, will please the people that have, have loved your tunes up until now. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't, that was important to me. I didn't want to, I didn't, I never want to alienate anyone. I mean, my priority is to make things that I'm happy with. That's my first priority, but also like, like I, I feel so much gratitude towards the people that have supported me over all these years, and I felt like I feel like it'd be important to at least have a couple songs on the record that were still kind of similar to what I'd maybe done before. But things, but like you know, songs that I also that I liked and I was that I could be excited about playing. Yeah, for sure, and they and they still have some some different flares and character to them. Like Bad Desire has kind of that sweet R and B feel on it, and yeah, and it's got that big screaming organ, and just, <laughs> just very cool. And a song like "New Religion" just gives me like Beatles vibes for sure, especially in that second movement when the vocals start to feel like they're underwater. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, there was a lot of different references on this record. I mean, we like I mean to name a few. There's like definitely some Radiohead. There's the Beatles. There's some Nick Cave. There's like. Springsteen, um, Elbow, um, yeah, we we referenced a lot of stuff, and I felt like that was something I was uh, finally I'm okay with. I think there was a while there where I felt like I really had to be original, and that for my work to be truly valuable, it had to come from some place that was uniquely me. Um, but I think I came to the realization that like all art is just a progression of what has come before. And we're all just building on this thing and like drawing from the people that came before us and that it's totally okay to say, yeah, fucking Radiohead is a massive influence for me. And so is, um, you know, the Beatles and Tom Waits or Nick Cave or Bruce Springsteen, all these people, like they've all, and you know, they're all drawing from a, from a musical lineage and we're all just, carrying on this tradition building on it yeah i think it i think it's sweet to to hear some of those influences flow through and shine through and i mean the Mm -hmm. the radiohead ones especially are definitely very present and it's cool to hear tunes like that that are that are just so different from what you've kind of done in the past and was this the most uh challenging record you've made from a vocal aspect um you know, uh, it was, I think I finally like knew, I knew my voice more. Um, and I was a little more particular. So 
so I did a lot more singing on this record. But there's some funny, I mean, there's some songs on there where I was like, I was sick when I was singing. And we just like, Nate ended up just using the takes and then like did some weird effecting to them. But like, I think like New Religion and uh, Send the Rain, I had like a massive head cold. But then he like ended up doing this weird like, uh, like high pass filter thing on it. And it actually ended up sounding like an effect. But I'm actually like, sick when I'm, <laughs> when I'm singing um but we i mean I, I i mean ultimately i just i spent more time on everything on this record than i'd spent in the past so you know vocals and as well as songwriting production and everything I, and, and also, a lot of that uh, is like because of nate um just pushing me and you know i think both of us pushing each other and coming from different places musically to make something that neither of us could have made on our own cool man um yeah so are you are you pretty jazzed to to get out on the road with this this record is this going to be kind of like a whole jazz is this going to be kind of like a whole new experience for you as as far as playing these shows and being on stage and kind of get to just be a musician with the band sometimes and not just the dude that's got the words flowing through them totally totally and that's like that's where my heart is at too and that's where my heart's been for a long time i think I, like i haven't been able to be myself as much on stage as i would like to so i'm what happened what happened we've lost him hello hey man sorry about that that's oh, cool man I have i exceeded my time <laughs> no yeah that's bad <laughs> we ran out of coins no, you're good. Uh, I don't know. I don't think my. I think my phone just dropped the call. Cool. Um, you were telling me how you what? how you like that. That's where your heart's been for a long time of being able to to be out there on stage doing that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, like I like rock music. I like loud, big music. Um, and I'm I can kind of be a loud, big person sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I, I'm excited to be able to explore that. And we've got really cool visuals put together for the show. The band sounds amazing. Um, I'm just, yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited. I'm also very excited to see you on, on November 11th here in Portland, Oregon at the Wonder Ballroom. Uh, I'm Hell yeah. s- super pumped about that. And I don't know, man, your your music just comes across as something not not that just that you want to be doing, but almost something that you have to do to, to, uh, kind of free yourself of your thoughts and be able to flesh out your ideas. Yeah, man, I don't, I honestly don't know what I do. I I don't, I wouldn't want to do anything else. (laughs) That's awesome, dude. Uh, I can't really tell you how much it means to me to have had the opportunity to, to get on the line with you here and, and chat with you a little bit. Um, like Thanks, I said, man, man your, yeah, your, good talk. your tunes have uh, definitely made an impact on me and that the first record I came across was probably a couple years ago and I, I got into the family record and uh, from there just kind of moved through the catalog and discovered songs like like First Defeat off of Ledges and I, I know that's a, that's a big crowd favorite there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, dude, we end every episode of this podcast with uh the guest saying the tagline which is it's a program okay. 
So it's a program. If you could give us a strong, so, it's a program with a U. You got it, just like you said it. If you could just okay. give us a strong one. It's a program. That's Noah Gunderson, everybody, saying it's a program on the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Uh, super appreciate <laughs> your time, man. I, I look forward yeah, to uh, to hopefully getting to say what's up to you when you come through Portland. And uh, I also like to end the conversation with a big hug. So I'll, I'll just send you a virtual hug right now. And uh, Hell yeah. Sending gonna, one back. I appreciate it, man. Um, I'm going to play the episode out with... Uh, the song I just mentioned, I'm going to play it off with uh, First Defeat off of Ledges. So uh, I really appreciate you, man. Have a... Uh, Thanks, Dan. Yeah, have a safe tour, dude. I will. Much Talk love. Soon. Bye. It's the first defeat That cuts you to your bones Knocks you off your feet You discover that home Is not a person or place But a feeling you can't get back In the second to the floor leaves you stuttering what the hell was that for takes you by surprise like the bullet you never saw coming this will be the last time this will
It's a program.